0: Hey folks, Dr. Brian King here. I just got off the road. Uh, I was uh, I was on tour for about a month uh, up through the Dakotas and all kinds of parts of the United States that most of us have probably never heard of. There is an interview that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and uh, it's a little bit different than what I would usually do. This uh, this person is like I uh, I don't know, he is like a musician, I think, uh, a writer, you know. He, he became uh, well-known through uh, the pandemic, we started producing these videos. I, I've never had an opportunity uh, to, to meet him in person as uh, he's also kind of a uh, far away from where I currently am and, and a little bit inconvenient to travel to, Don't like the tour I just got off of actually. But I think the best way to do it was to get to him online uh, as somebody who, who produces content for the internet. And so I figured, well, this will be one of my uh, very rare internet-based interviews with a very interesting and funny individual whose work I really admire and enjoy. Folks, I bring you Dr. Jordan Breeding, everybody. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. everywhere. Blues, women, and blues, I'm here. Hey,
1: thanks for having me. This is this is fun. I've never actually been interviewed or really talked to an actual doctor, so now I feel like every podcast I've been on is just some other goober. So it's okay for me to call myself doctor. This is the yeah, first one. You
0: well, you know, as as doctors, we're also goobers, or at least some of us. Anyway, well, <laughs> I suppose I suppose
1: that's true. I don't
0: present as a doctor. In fact, I, I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, my my fans know this, but I'll tell you, I only started using my title after four, when I started performing stand-up comedy. Uh, before that is one by Brian. Uh, I needed something to separate me from the other performers, you know, the other people that were yeah, on stage, true. and uh, say, "Hey, I'm that doctor comedian." Uh, it just kind of <laughs> worked, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, the, I'm doing the same thing, but I, but I didn't even earn it. I just chose it, so. Absolutely. Fair enough.
0: Hey, you know what? Dr. Dre, uh, has made a, a long uh, career, uh, with, you know, and he had, not I don't think he worked for that. Uh, you know, so how are <laughs> you, man? Uh, I'm good.
1: You know, we, we just had our third kid a few months ago. So, uh, there's been a lot of transition in life recently, but things are looking good.
0: First of all, congratulations. new Thanks. Dad, You know, yeah, one dad to we got dad's day coming up next month. So. we do uh, you, uh, started being noticed uh, because you revitalized uh, the uh, YouTube channel for a very popular comedy website. Can you tell me about that? Uh,
1: Yeah. So um, in 2016, to back all the way up, I started submitting unsolicited articles to crack.com, which is the website that you're referring to and the channel that you're referring to. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. They used to have a workshop where anybody could submit. I got really into it. I wrote, I think I've written probably about 150 articles for them at this point, but um, I started doing that. I started doing that end of 2017. Uh, their entire video team got laid off and I'd actually traveled uh, to Los Angeles in mm-hmm. summer 2017 to try and meet everybody. Cause I was trying to get a job there. But anybody, everybody, everybody yeah. got laid off. Um, yeah, it didn't work out. I, <laughs> well, I continued to freelance write for them. Just pure articles, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2018, 2019 at the end, of 2019 they got sold to a new parent company and i kind of just had the idea that i bet the new parent company will want to reboot that youtube channel or do something with the youtube channel because it's it was big it had you know two a little over two million subscribers at the time and all that stuff and so i on a whim uh decided to shoot an episode of a show in my uh basement with a buddy with a couple buddies and uh the idea was just to show off my writing to say hey whenever you reboot this show let me write for you guys and then it just so happened that i pitched it day one of quarantine at least for us uh during the Mm -hmm. pandemic so that was march 16th 2020 and i pitched it to a guy named syriac lamar who was the managing editor of cracked at the time and he liked it a lot sent it to the editor-in-chief of the parent company he liked it a lot. And that afternoon, I was talking to them about rates and stuff. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And so I just, <laughs> they asked they asked for the pilot plus nine more episodes. So I did that. And then they asked for 10 more. And then they asked me to be full-time. So I did that from full-time from August 2020 to February. And then I started my own channel, which we're doing now. And it's, it's, going, it's growing much more quickly than I was expecting.
0: So uh, your videos were uh, one of these welcome distractions pandemic hmm. you know like i uh so I, I sat out the at least the beginning of the pandemic uh in a, in a, rare, a rental that i got forgot because uh, we had to you know our, our road gigs were canceled and we had to go find a place sure. to hang out for a little while and, uh, and i just remember loading up youtube one day and all of a sudden this whoa this content from cracked uh what's that about you know because right. i was yeah. a fan of those previous film you know uh, video makers they they did a lot of interesting stuff and then you know some really funny really insightful things in the entertainment industry, and uh, and then all of a sudden there's this dude there's this dude in a lab coat is in, yeah. in his basement with with images of the brain and stuff you know and and I was like oh wow this is this is fantastic and I was so hmm. uh, I really enjoyed uh, what you what you did but not just your content I was just really uh, incredibly just grateful that you like revitalized this this dormant uh channel you know the show where i diagnose movie problems to distract from my personal issues and the only show on cracked and uh you know those of us who don't really pay attention to uh you know what happens with these companies and whatever we just we're we're more the consumers of the content as opposed to right uh, i didn't really know anything about buyouts or you know like you know, layoffs and things like that and all of a sudden they're just like oh they're not making videos anymore oh that kind of stinks and all of a sudden here pops this jordan guy in the middle of the pandemic you know life right. is terrible <laughs> you yeah. know like like uh we we're uh you know wait I'm, I'm my i'm cancelled my gigs are canceled my, my i had a book actually that was just released prior to the pandemic which uh kind of mm. fizzled because i all my tv appearances things like that those were all canceled and then here i am in a, in a little you know cooped up in a little little condo and uh yeah. and jordan's all, you know pretending to be a doctor talking about <laughs> <moving>. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> yeah so i think that's that's awesome like what you did is fantastic and i'm not the only person of course that that found uh at least some uh you know the escape from the 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 Pandemic through your videos, you know, and then of course, you helped to revitalize other content creators on that platform. You know, I think there's other, uh, like I don't know, did you have something to do with bringing back Roger, or was that, uh, was...
1: yeah, I did. I, um, so, uh, you know, there, there are a few top series at Cracked, obviously, prior to my time. Um, After Hours is probably the biggest one, and mm-hmm. though I had talked to Michael Swain, he's great he's had me on his podcast multiple times and uh, you know I've gotten dinner with Daniel O'Brien when I was in New York one of the times I was there yes. all great dudes but like um none of them are particularly interested like you know we weren't going to reboot it without them uh, yeah. I wasn't going to convince them to come back but Honest Ads I sort of felt like I was just I just wondered what he was doing now this is Jack Hunter the actor behind Honest Ads yeah, yeah, yeah. and so what I did was I, I just did some Google and i uh you know searched his name uh, a lot and i found an article in the like buffalo mm-hmm. ledger or some some newspaper there and um i contacted the author uh or you know the the journalist who did an interview with him and got his email and emailed him and anyway brought him back in uh he was he was super excited to do it what are you doing i don't know i'm sorry I was get out of here You earth hating carbon farting, unrecyclable garbage person. We had pretty strict restrictions on set. We, I mean, we didn't have a budget for anything more than a really, really small crew anyway. And so what we did was we all took tests Well, we all got vaccinated. We all took tests, um, night before and day of, uh, just kind of rapid tests. And then Mm -hmm. everybody that wasn't out there was wearing masks the whole time. And, you know, we were outside anytime we weren't doing anything. Um, actual production wise uh, uh, what happened
0: goodness. what what happened at crack man how come you're not there anymore
1: um just uh, a couple of different things i mean the 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 short version is that um for various reasons uh a lot of the people that brought me on are no longer working there it's kind of a thing that i mentioned in my my sort of goodbye video so you know the CEO, the editor in chief and the managing editor who all brought me on board, no longer work for the parent company. And, um, they brought in some new people and they have some new ideas. And, uh, we just sort of got to a point where I think we felt differently about the, the best way to move forward or what the content could look and how to grow it and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, just uh, sort of parted.
0: I suppose this wasn't just like a massive we're gonna illuminate video like that, like the other company did, or anything like. That.
1: The parent company didn't even have any video whatsoever when I was hired. I sort of started. It wasn't just like revitalizing cracked. I was sort of technically trying to help uh, create a video department in general across so this this company also owns E-Bombs world know your meme uh mm-hmm. cheeseburger bunch of other brands so um and i you know uh they are they are trying to look at it a little more holistically like how do we bring all these brands up and all this stuff and
0: um yeah
1: i um i kind of just like cracked you know, no, no, I'm and, familiar
0: with those other, yeah, I'm familiar with those other brands, but it's like, because they're all uh, previously tied to websites that started early in the, uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, now I'm, I, I'm familiar with that stuff. But, you know, I like, I I like Crack, just, Crack is, a, as even though what what Crack currently is now is not at all connected to wh- where it came from, but it used to be like this great magazine that I read when right. I was a kid. And, you know, I'm like, I just, yeah yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of history there and it's just a good name, you know. But I love what you did with it. I love that you brought it out. I love watching your content. And I I would look forward to, oh, hey, it's another Dr. Jordan video. Uh, You know, (laughs) probably watch it once or twice. How did you get into comedy writing, first of all? Uh,
1: It was an accident, sort of. I mean, the the basic gist is um, uh, I was doing music stuff. And I thought our band was going to do more music stuff. But they they didn't with me. So I <laughs> a few years before this 2016 thing, uh, I had a job at an architecture firm mm-hmm. of where I was no value because I'm an English major and I spent all day, every day reading Cracked. I don't know how I found it, but I just I loved Cracked. So I just read, I mean,
0: the, web, the website, right? Or the, the website,
1: and I watched some videos too. I did mm-hmm. like the videos. I watched them more not at that job. It's harder to watch videos at a job. Um, yeah. uh, and I loved it. Loved everything about it. So when I quit my job to pursue music, and quickly realized nobody else was quitting their job to pursue music, I, I remembered that Crack took unsolicited articles through that that mm-hmm. workshop thing. And so I pitched a Star Wars thing. Cause I read a bunch of star Wars books as a kid and they accepted it and I wrote it up and I had so much freaking fun doing it. And then when it got published, I noticed they changed 80% of what I wrote basically. Oh, huh. hmm. And so what I did was I, what I started doing was printing out what they, what was finished and printing out what I had written and kind of hmm. like, why did they choose? And so I did that, you know, for hundreds of articles. So by the end, you know, they, Changed almost nothing at all. So uh, Mm -hmm. I just sort of, you know, they were paying more for the idea than for the execution initially. Like they had a lot of people there that could execute that were good writers. And Mm -hmm. so they were able to cover up my mediocre comedy. uh, Like I still got the byline and I used that to get uh, uh, an internship at Pace magazine where I wrote another like 450 articles for them. Um, and then got you know into Ranker and Modern Rogue and a bunch of these other sites. And so it was really just learning as I went and ha- being fortunate enough to um, look good the whole time from the beginning because uh, there were really good editors shaping my content. And then by just comparing what they were publishing versus what I was writing, I was able to get hopefully better and better and better. And so by the time you know, I was actually doing your brain on cracked episodes. I mean, I don't know. I just have a, I have a good sense of at least what the cracked voice was mm-hmm. or what I thought the cracked voice was or what it used to be or whatever. Yeah, and so yeah, even yeah. now, um, you know, so the, one of the main things I do now is I'll watch an entire series, uh, like an entire film series. So we just did, um, all the Friday, the 13th movies, right? And the video is three hours long. It's insane. And so just <laughs> the, the sheer, volume of jokes is overwhelming at times but it's just it's been helpful to have spent so much time practicing mm-hmm. and then you know like we were saying offline if uh, if a joke sucks you just cut it or you leave yeah, it yeah. in and you make fun of it you can of i course. think one of the one of the nice things about video is that um the editor can make fun of the performer or the writer, and there can be editors' notes that point out how bad the joke is, yeah. or you can have the music change to reference how much it sucks. Or honestly, even in this last one, what I did was I had a joke that felt too uh um I don't know, too spicy, basically. And so I just filmed myself doubting the joke while <laughs> editing. Yeah and, I, yeah, yeah, and a lot of people yeah, said they really like it,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, so, it taking it out uh, of the moment yeah uh, uh, I do that on stage. Uh, this is something okay. uh, a lot of comedians uh, I don't know how comfortable they are when a joke bombs, but when I when I mm. bomb a joke, uh, I almost immediately react with the crowd and make fun of my my stupid joke. you know I'm like, what the hell sure. was I thinking with that you know and uh, and that is a, a performance uh, a skill that, you develop over years, you know, so much in the same way that you developed your voice, uh, through the written work, you know? Uh, so has you ever performed? Have you ever been a, have you ever tried to make people laugh in a live setting? Just interpersonally?
1: Yes. I I started doing, (laughs) I started doing improv about a year ago. So I've done Mm -hmm. some of that and I really have really enjoyed it, but it's, it's obviously very low stakes. We've done some performances, but it's like for everybody's friends or whatever. I that's the thing too I didn't I didn't set out to perform anything I didn't expect to be the face of it I -hmm. just acted in the pilot episode because I was I wrote it so I just figured I would know how to do the jokes Mm -hmm. especially because it was pandemic and like nobody else could be around anyway um the you know so that's uh, the other thing too is I've sort of honed what I can do uh as a Performer over time as well, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, yeah, I haven't done a ton of live stuff, just improv. I can do mm-hmm. a lot of voices and accents. And so that makes that easier than stand up right. seems stressful to me. Um, oh, it's terrible.
0: It's the worst. I don't know why I do it so much. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been- done a lot of live music. So I'm very comfortable performing in yeah. front of people live, but I don't have as intuitive
0: a sense of like what my stand up routine would be would imagine it probably wouldn't be talking about movies i don't know it's just something uh you know unless you're doing like a very specific you know audience who knows you from the the, the youtube and of course you know you, that's more like a this is my ted talk with joke you know yeah right <laughs> something yeah. like that uh now and your new channel uh i haven't seen a tremendous amount of different content i've seen a lot of the videos that you were just describing these long mm-hmm. ones you talk about an entire film series and uh, and I got it as somebody who not only films video, but also edits video. I couldn't imagine what a monster it is to edit like a three hour, like it's not you streaming. Like it's literally there are cuts, there are edits. And it's really entertaining for something so incredibly long, you know, the, the attention span yeah. Uh, of content these days doesn't go beyond uh, a tick-tock. So I think I've watched uh, probably about an hour of it so far uh, sure. What's impressive to me? It isn't just like hey, uh you know And then and then the murderer does this and the murderer is that and so forth but it's like it's it's a it is a blow-by-blow recount of the entire series <laughs> But then there's like right. jokes and there's cutaways and I love it when it, it's a it's yeah. a great uh, It's it's a great form of content and uh, how did that evolve?
1: Yeah, so um you know it's like it's with anything i think you start to learn what your sensibilities are when it comes to creation of any sort of art or performance or anything and i've realized that i think my tendencies are uh my preferences are actually leaning more and more and more towards maximalism so Um, I used to think as a kid that I, I love nuance and stuff like that. And I do to some degree, but I think the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once is kind of this pinnacle of everything I've ever wanted from movies and creation Mm -hmm. in general, because it is so overwhelming, um, in in the way that it is. I mean, obviously it also hits a lot of niches. I love martial arts films. I love sci-fi films. I love comedy. I love all this stuff. Um, but I think what the Daniels created with that movie is just so great. And then as far as the specific series, um, I don't know. Uh, it really just, I think it's just a way to, so, okay, let me, let me, let me put it this way. I think that a huge strength of what I was creating for cracked, um, is that the majority of the content, uh, you can always fall back on some sort of analysis so the 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 idea of having analysis and comedy working in tandem means that each one uh gets more uh wiggle room or more forgiveness leeway something because they're always working together so if a joke doesn't land or or even if it's not that it doesn't land but a joke isn't gut-bustingly funny well Mm -hmm. at least you're still kind of an analyzing something kind of interesting and by the same token if this is getting boring or or not that interesting because you're only talking about you know some very specific movie or something well at least it's pretty funny um and you can kind of live in this tension and so this idea i have seen so many different um types of youtube content where absolutely brilliant. So like the best example might be every frame of painting. There'll be these people that do Mm -hmm. these video essays discussing editing or discussing comedy and how films are put together, but it's not funny at all. Or there will be uh, obviously just like sketches and stuff like that, just like funny things on YouTube. I really, really like the idea of, you can watch this three hour video that I've made and maybe you don't learn anything at all. Um, because it's just it's it lives in this weird tension. There's also a ton of recap channels and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I I'm hoping that I live in this weird space where it's like a lot of people have said that they can use my stuff to fall asleep to, which you think would be crazy because it's so it's so high strong. Yeah but I do think it keeps a consistent tone. And I think that's like, it's what? sort of like a white noise machine. Yeah, it's like, like comforting it, it's... in the
0: background. Yeah. 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 So and, I think know, if people yeah. sleep with their YouTube on, you know, you get all those watch hours as they're falling asleep. So that's uh, I know. <laughs> that works in your favor.
1: I just think it's really interesting. And, and the difficulty is really appealing to me. Like making these things that are so hard to make is really, it's a really fun challenge for me. 100%. And, um, I don't know. I it just sort of fell into it because yeah. I am always looking for like what's the hardest thing I can do. I always were try you, and make
0: things too difficult. Were <laughs> you uh, Were you hesitant to do such long format?
1: I just needed a good angle for it or an angle that I thought was fun.
0: because yeah. um, I think with I, me like I'm always conscious of how long people will watch something or listen to something.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> so uh youtube i do think actually rewards longer content at this point um Mm -hmm. you won't necessarily have as many views in the long run or definitely not at any spiky point but the cool thing about a lot of these videos is they'll just sort of float in the algorithm forever and Mm -hmm. they'll never fully die off because youtube is so interested in i can't believe people watched your video for an hour and a half like that's great like on average (laughs) Um, and so for me as somebody who ultimately wants to build something i'm i'm not super interested in making hit viral stuff that that explodes i'm more interested in building a catalog of things that i'm proud of that can make slow positive residual stuff from people that are excited about it over time Rather than like, you know, I I don't know if you've ever heard of this language, but it's it's the talk of um sort of like content wells. So you'll have at or a content funnel basically, and so mm-hmm. at the top of the funnel is your broadest, most I, I don't know, it's Gangnam style or whatever, where it's like it's something that everybody's excited about and a billion people will watch it, but it because it's so shallow they'll wash back out and they'll never come back. I've never heard another song by Psy. I've never cared.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah look it up. Nope. So it's like, that was fun, but there's nothing in there that makes me want to come back necessarily. And then, uh, you know, it just continues. You make weirder, more niche stuff that fewer people can get into, but if they get into it, they're they're stuck longer. Right, right. I, uh, for better or worse, tend to make stuff right at the bottom. Um, so not a lot <laughs> of people are getting to it right away, but the people that get there are really excited about it because I think, you know, sort of the audacity of it is interesting
0: yeah. people yeah. like
1: why why not make 12 videos one for each friday that's the more standard and then you oh, eat yeah. them in 10 minute chunks and whatever i don't know uh i even title them intentionally seo unfriendly so mm-hmm. that people don't accidentally stumble in when they're if if you want an answer to what happens to jason my video is actually not great for that um <laughs> You'll sort of get a like a sense yeah, of it, yeah, maybe. Yeah. but there are so many great articles and videos from other creators that are like, "Here's the timeline. Let me just mm-hmm. explain it to you chronologically, right. or whatever." That's
0: it. Yeah, now you can go watch the next one, and then keep be up to speed.
1: And I think people that stumble upon it, thinking that they're going to get a recap, a, a pure recap, get pissed because, to your point, it's there's so many jokes and cutaways it's just there's all this extra crap all i want to know is what happened to jason right um but for people that just kind of want a weird experience i think mm-hmm. they can find that and then they're and like that's, I that's another player. yeah
0: nah that's definitely the value uh you, you you're you're it's it's they're very entertaining like i said uh you've done a few of them so far that's are funny. there any uh, are there any series that you have uh planned to do in the upcoming future
1: yeah, so uh, working on Transformers right now, all the live-action Transformers, the Michael Bay ones, um, that's coming up, and then Indiana Jones, hopefully right after oh, that. And then we're doing a, a Patreon vote, so whoever's on Patreon will vote for whatever I'm going to do for that, like August, September. And then I'm hoping to do Halloween, Paranormal Activity, and Die Hard. And then we'll nice. be at 2024, and we'll see if the channel and I still exist. And then we're also... <laughs> We're hoping to do two other series. So I've already released one episode that's closer to your Brain on Crack style stuff. I don't know if you saw yeah. this, the uh, the one about the uh, bureaucracies and kids movies. I don't know uh, if you saw. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So hoping to do a couple. I got I've got one of those I'm editing, and then I have a third series that I'm working on that's hopefully like big top of funnel. Mm-hmm. That one is a little bit closer to just hopefully people get the premise right away and they'll think it's fun and if they don't it won't be nearly as hard it won't take three hours of um, your life to watch the whole thing so
0: So how much time out of your life went into creating that three hours of content
1: so the filming is easily the easiest part uh we we only film it in one take i mean if i stumble over my words i'll refilm it um Mm -hmm. but like there's no that, so if I mispronounce a word, I've so mispronounced that was like a single. That was a
0: single day. That was a single day. You're just standing there running through the entire, uh, the entirety of the, of the series.
1: Yeah. So Friday the 13th was broken up into two days only because it rained at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so we had to stop for a long time. So we filmed the back quarter at Dave's house on another, like we tacked it onto another shoot that we were doing for another channel. Um, But yeah, so like Sharknado and Scream and uh, Marvel are all pretty much one day. Um, And honestly, once everything's set up, it doesn't take more than, you know, four to six hours maybe. I talk pretty fast, and I've I've read a lot of teleprompter at this point, so I'm pretty good at that. The things that take time are like, okay, like in that one, we were running through the woods, Mm -hmm. so we had to set up a new shot for every movie which took forever just like running around and um the crew is just me and dave so it, yeah. it's you know <laughs> it, it's a lot of effort sometimes between the two of us right, um, right right. but never more than a day really unless we intentionally decide to shoot in a second location for whatever reason but hmm. the the editing so I, I have a bunch of buddies that i i've been paying and trying to give them raises as the channel starts mm-hmm. to make a little bit of money i would say that the editing for this video took i mean minimum 100 hours uh mm-hmm. i i bet closer to 200 when it's yeah. all said and done and obviously that doesn't include how much time it took to write how much time it mm-hmm. took to just freaking watch them um so these projects are there's a lot is it the writing all you it is uh, i have a buddy named cesare who um i've thrown a little bit of money at you just run through and write some jokes or observations um mm-hmm. but i would say that it's still 98 percent me
0: it takes me three months to uh to write a book uh, i've written i've written four now uh and okay. uh, it takes me three months to write that's that's first draft and then the uh the editor you know the, sure. the publisher and the editors come in and and, uh, I mean, you know, who knows after, after my three months, I think they tack on like another six months of rounds of edits, you know, it's just a, yeah, it's a grueling process. And, and my, and my, my, jokes aren't even, my, my books aren't even as joke dense as uh, as your scripts. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that, that's, you just hit bang, 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 bang. It's, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty impressive achievement. It really is.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, we, we do get, again, we get to rely on, if I don't know what the heck to say I'll just keep explaining the movie and mm-hmm. if I don't have a joke well in the edit now there's a joke and uh, you know so we, we get the writing is I mostly write it all in one take too. Uh, I don't do a ton of editing on it just because I can't feasibly mm-hmm. so like the uh, Friday the 13th script is 32,000 words I just can't spend a ton a ton of time rewriting and tweaking and perfecting at this point i just i just have faith that we could find it in the edit (laughs) or Mm. uh, you know obviously some of the things between dave and myself are just spur of the moment we're talking about it and having fun so there's some improvisational stuff you know it's a miracle that anybody finds it interesting at all because even though it is a ton of work it's still pretty fly by the seat of our pants um yeah
0: yeah yeah and so I think that 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 comes across and a little bit of that is I think for me as an audience member is part of the charm, uh, you know,
1: that's my hope. I, I mean, yeah.
0: It, yeah, it really does. It is like, you know, it, it's a, to use a stand up analogy. So a lot of times uh, when I'm performing comedy, if something happens in that particular venue in that particular show like uh, and, and, it, and it leads to like a good laugh or like a good you know experience that's our experience. That's intimate. You know, like that's hmm. no other audience is going to share that. So it makes the audience feel like the show is even more special. You know, it's like, sure. you know, there's this one person in the room who did this or that, and this is tied in together. And when you have those moments in your video, I think that to me, that kind of creates like a video version of that special feeling that, ah, I'm, I'm part of this, you know, like hmm. as, as an, as a participant, you know? even though it's not of course it just it it, it, yeah. it feels because like it, it's got that organic uh flow to it as opposed to you know just i'm watching something heavily scripted and heavily edited and uh, and that's you know it's very polished and, and there's a there's definitely a market for that too but i love those yep. interjections you know i love those interjections because it's it's uh your your, your person you know uh, shines through your character you know sure and uh, so that's that that's one of the things that makes you very endearing uh, as a someone to watch
1: well, I appreciate that, and I, and I think, yeah, I I love blurring those lines. Um, there's a whole. So speaking of Cesare, for whatever reason, he got on a kick of uh, in this transformer script, which is basically done. Um, something about being married to a toaster, and I don't know why he thought that was so funny. <laughs> but I I thought it was pretty funny too. So right. I just I'm letting him throw all of his weird toaster wife jokes but i also am actually married and i actually talk about my kids and so there's it's like (laughs) i'm like reading back over the script i'm like this is so confusing i mean obviously nobody thinks i'm married to a toaster but there's something there's something funny where i'm with no uh with no clear delineation able to talk about my actual wife and my toaster wife Mm -hmm. and just (laughs) i just am trusting that people either get it or they're willing to take a minute yeah. to, I don't know. Um, and so I think, I don't know. I, I I just think it's fun. That's all it is. I, I'm just, I'm trying to keep myself entertained mm-hmm. and uh, I, I've done it enough that if usually if I think it's funny and enough other people think it's funny that I can make another one or something, um, but it's hard to say. I, I feel like the thing that I always say to Dave is, um, I think we're always trying to ride this balance of we're putting in a ton of effort to make it look like we don't put mm-hmm. any effort in, but then also using that to cover up the fact that we we also don't have any money. So like trying right, to make okay. it look like we're intentionally shitty, but also understanding that we are shit. Like it's just me and Dave. <laughs> yeah, so we're just so shitty.
0: It's, it's the limitations of the art, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to like, work on this level of like because i think you know there are people that make endearingly bad things um because that's all i can do i mean because that, mm-hmm. that that is what it is we're trying to make it look like I, I don't know it's this weird constant juggling of we're trying much much harder it's sort of like have, have you seen any of the uh the 20 movies that uh yeah that we did with of
0: those. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: so those guys are those guys are friends So I brought them in too. So those, those are Mm -hmm. friends of mine from college and stuff. And I was always saying to them, I was like, I think what makes these the most fun ones, the ones that tend to succeed are the ones Mm -hmm. where the camera work and the editing are actually very impressive, but you just so happen to be wearing like a plastic bag on your head. And so it's like, it's, it's, you want people to think that every choice you've made is intentional, even if it's a shitty looking choice. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my goal is always to do that. Even if sometimes I didn't actually have that choice because we're <laughs> broke and we're in the woods and Dave's camera fell over. So our tripod is a little, um, yeah, yeah. so that's, that's the, the juggling act for us is I want everything to look like it was a choice, even if it looks bad. And even if we didn't actually have a choice,
0: maybe that that's the most
1: distinct way to put it. Anyway,
0: any thoughts about writing like a, tr- a traditional script?
1: Yeah, actually. Um, I, I perpetually have these things sort of floating around. Like I've written some spec scripts and I've written some like sample scripts for like always sunny or or whatever. Um, I have this one idea and I've written a script for it. And I had some people look at it and they gave gave me some really great ideas mm-hmm. to how to redo it. I kind of want to and somebody mentioned I should do it animated. Um so all of my introductions and And stuff to these videos i have these animated little segments these are all made by the same guy named pablo who freaking is the best i and so i really want to find a way to use him to make this animated yeah well probably just a pilot of something Mm -hmm. uh or a short film and then dave and i are perpetually talking about how do we make a horror short film we kind of i don't have any concrete ideas i also have another script for this like sci-fi thing that I want to do that I would never have the budget to actually achieve it's all this time travel and stuff but I really want to make a horror short film and I really want to make this animated crazy thing and then yeah I mean if anybody else had other ideas I love punching up people's scripts and stuff like that but those are kind of the two things that are I'm always like how do we get this made uh,
0: anything else I can add about you before I wrap this up because I usually try to keep my, my podcast roughly coming in around now
1: Nothing specific. I, I think just in general, as as we've been doing this more and more, my my great hope for the internet is that we can build up a middle class of creative people. And so I, I really want to find ways for myself, but also for others, if I ever mm-hmm. have any money sure. or clout or anything of that. value, um, to sort of create more of these... These people that are making, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars a year, rather than, uh, you know, Vice was valued at five point four billion in right, twenty seventeen. Right. I have no interest in making five point four billion dollars, even yeah. spread or you know whatever the HBO CEO is making two hundred seventy five million dollars a year, whatever. Yeah. That's not interesting to me. I, I really like the idea of a bunch of people being autonomous and having creative leeway to make the weirdest thing that they can, but also being able to live in the world and not having to work at Taco
0: Bell necessarily.
1: Right. Um, right. Yeah. So that's, no,
0: just, a, just a sustainable career in, in content creation basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's just something that obviously I'm in the middle of and exploring sooner than mm-hmm. I expected in some ways, but I'm, I'm already really encouraged by it and really excited for mm-hmm yeah what we're building what we could do who knows yeah
0: i wish you luck with all that and uh keep cranking it out like i said i really enjoy it and i was very appreciative of your work during those uh those tough months great talking to you despite the fact that you're not a real doctor
1: wow. <laughs> i know i'm sorry to disappoint people uh, are always I thought, yeah, shocked
0: i thought it was gonna be to doctor to doctor uh, you know <laughs> I think it was just, some, just some kid just some musician i know, you know? sorry But you got that, and congratulations again on becoming a father for the third time. Uh, That's pretty awesome. I've been, you know, I got the one, and uh, and and she's my first too. You know, I mean, I'm I'm older than most people when they have their first kid. You know, I on stage I usually make the the joke of like, ah, you know, I I know what you think, and there's no way this guy's old enough to have a kid. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I do. I have a, uh, and I have an after. I've been trying to get that, you know, get that other one. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Once you, they're like. Once you have one kid, it's like, uh, I feel like I uh, just want this is so great. Let's do it again. Uh, you know, like fatherhood wow. hit me uh, a, a different way than I expected it to. You ever been to Hawaii? I have not. My wife has. My first time going to Hawaii, I think I was like I was somewhere in my 40s. And, uh, and I've traveled all over the world, but never went to Hawaii. Hmm. And then I went to Hawaii. And as soon as I got there, I was kicking myself for not going there sooner. You know what I mean? I'm like, what, why was I wasting my time traveling to all these other places when Hawaii is a thing? Uh, you know, yeah. that was my mentality. And, uh, and a similar thing happened when I first, when I had my first kid, you know, like, why, why was I not having kids for so long? Like this is the best. You know, yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I appreciate that you like your kid. I feel like there are too many parents <laughs> that, that see it as a burden, you know, I mean, kind of like, and it's yeah. like,
0: well, then don't have kids you
1: know we live in an age where that's yeah, a choice you can you don't make have
0: to. anyways congratulations yeah. for number 3 members and thank yeah. you for taking some time to talk to me i really appreciate it of course this has been another episode of on the road with dr brian thanks for watching and listening or however you're consuming this thanks bye bye i'm here i'm there i'm everywhere, I'm everywhere. blues women and blues. i'm here i'm there i'm everywhere i'm an asshole i'm, room, I'm here